Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Uh, today, I wanna, I wanna wrap up our, our series called Attitude that, that Pastor Jim uh, began a couple of weeks ago. You know, this has been a great series, and, and Pastor Jim has led us in taking a more in-depth look at, at our philosophy of ministry, uh, our, our attitude of ministry here at Launch Point Church. Uh, you know, uh, I know all of you know the, the, the tenets of our, of our mission statement. Uh, we exist to be a place where people can come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Our philosophy of ministry, our attitude of ministry, is how we carry out that mission. Our attitude of ministry is to, is to love them, to serve them, and to speak kindly to them. And if we do those three things uh, in, the, in the, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, people will come to know God. They'll come to find freedom. They'll come to discover their purpose, and they'll be able to make a difference in God's kingdom. Amen? Um, you know, this series had its, had its beginning in, in 1 Kings chapter 12, where we see, king, uh, we see Rehoboam becoming king of Israel after the, the passing of his father uh, Solomon. Um, and Rehoboam has called together all the elders of the of Israel to, 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 to get their advice on, on how to govern the people. And, and this is what they told him. It says, if you'll be a servant to this people today and will serve them and answer them and grant them their petition and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. You know, Pastor Jim began this series by talking about our, our attitude of love showing us how we're to, how to love them properly. Uh, last week, he, he talked about the attitude of service, how, how, how we can serve effectively in the kingdom. Uh, and let me encourage you if, you, if you get a chance, go back and, and listen to those two messages again. They, they're very, very powerful, very straightforward, and very encouraging. And today, I, I want to put a bow on this series. Uh, and I want to talk to you about the, the third leg of our philosophy of ministry. And, and it is simply speak kindly to them. We love them, we serve them, we speak kindly to them. Um, so the, 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 today's message is simply entitled uh, An Attitude of Kindness. And I want to challenge you right off the bat with a question. Are, are you a kind person? Are you a kind person? I don't mean just a nice person, but a, but a kind person. You know, Proverbs 3, verse 3 says in such a beautiful way, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 lists kindness as a as a quality of love. 
Verse 4 says that love suffers long and is kind. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew word hashid, and I may be mispronouncing that, probably am, but uh, uh, has many meanings, and kindness is one of them. In fact, the, most scholars bring that together to, to depict uh, God's merciful, loving kindness. Uh, in the New Testament, the Greek word krestomai uh, 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 literally means to, to show oneself useful or to act benevolently. You know, the source of kindness is the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 tells us that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, and it comes, according to Romans 5.5, 5, as God pours His love into our hearts by that same Holy Spirit. You know, if, if we want to be known as, as kind people, people who exhibit a, an attitude of kindness, we, we have to come, uh, it must come as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, New Testament kindness is, uh, is, is always practical. Uh, and it's in its nature, and it always demands an action. And I think we miss that sometimes. Uh, New Testament kindness demands an action. Um, you know, the Pharisees of, of, of Jesus' day were, were very religious people, uh, but they were not very kind. Uh, their attitude toward other people was, was often demeaning, uh, condescending, arrogant, uh, condemning. Uh, you know, and, and we see this, this attitude kind of rise up in John chapter 7. In that chapter, Jesus is in the, in the temple, and he's preaching during the, the time of the year known as the, the Feast of Tabernacles. The Jewish leaders send the temple guards to arrest Jesus and bring him to them. But the, you know, and why did they do that? Why did they want Jesus arrested? Because... His words were so powerful that it was drawing people, drawing people to him. Um, and I'm reminding of, of, of that verse from Jeremiah that I read, that, that his loving kindness drew them. So Jesus' words were drawing people to him. Many people were, were believing, and the Pharisees couldn't condone this. Um, so they send the temple guards uh, to, the, to the synagogue to arrest him. Um, uh, and, but later, the, the, these guards, these same guards came back, but the, they didn't have Jesus with them. And, uh, and when asked why they had not arrested him, one of the guards replied, no man ever spoke like this man. No man ever spoke like this man. You know, what a, what a powerful statement that is. You know, Jesus was not only speaking with, with spiritual authority, he was also working uh, miracles, and many people were believing in him, and, and this, was, this was unacceptable to the Pharisees. You know, and, and, and right there in front of these temple guards, the, the Jewish leaders uh, began comparing themselves with the common people. Uh, they said, listen, listen, none of us believe in this. None of us believe in Jesus. Uh, these people that are believing are all uh, they're ignorant of the, of the law, and they're accursed. Uh, 
So here we have the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, dismissing the common people as ignorant and cursed. And, and, and what a contrast that was with Jesus' attitude toward common people. You know, instead of dis, despising and dismissing them, Jesus' heart always went out to them in, in compassion and love and kindness. Uh, Matthew 14, 14 says, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he felt compassion for them and healed their sick. You know, notice how Jesus' attitude toward people always resulted in, in acts of kindness. Uh, he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. He, he, brought, he brought relief to their suffering and he brought comfort to, the, to their pain. You know, the, the scribes and Pharisees brought no relief to the people. They brought no relief to their suffering or to their pain. The, the, the Pharisees conducted religious services, but they didn't act with an attitude of kindness toward the people. And we have to be very careful about that. That seems like a, something foreign, but that's, if we're not careful, that can happen to us. You know, we get so focused on what we do in a religious service that we lose sight of our, of our mandate to, to take the word of God outside of these walls uh, and to be, the, to be the hands and feet of the Lord uh, in the marketplace, in the workplace, in our homes. Um, you know, we can't talk about, the ki about kindness without first addressing our, our heart attitude toward people. You know, Jesus, for the most part, he looked up on the same crowd of people that the, that the Pharisees looked on. But he saw them very differently. Uh, Mark 6, 34 says, Jesus was moved with compassion toward the multitudes because they were, they were like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. He, saw, he always saw them in the context of their need, and he poured out kindness and compassion to them. And, and we see a, a sharp contrast between the, the, the Pharisees and, and Jesus in, in John chapter 8. Uh, there the, the, the Pharisees brought a woman who was caught in the, the very act of adultery, and, they, and they're bringing her to Jesus. And, and John tells us that the reason they're doing this is to try to uh, entrap him, to get him to say something that, that violates the law. Um, but, but they came, they came with, a con with a condemning attitude uh, toward this woman. There was nothing redemptive uh, in their hearts toward her. They reminded Jesus that the law demanded that she be stoned. Um, but it's interesting, Jesus didn't answer them. But he simply knelt down on the road and, and began to, to ride on the dirt. And as they continue to press him, Jesus looks up and, and, and says these words. He says, he who is without sin among you, let him be first to throw a stone at her. And then as Jesus continued to write on the ground, the Holy Spirit began to convict the, the conscience of these men. And, and one by one, they, they departed. Um. And, and John 8, 10 through 11, completes this, uh, 
this story. It says, straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. You know, the Pharisees were there uh, accusing and condemning her. Jesus was there freeing, from her, freeing her from her bondage and healing her broken spirit. Uh, she, you know, she certainly wasn't free to continue in her sin, but Jesus freed her to rise above that sin. You know, the attitude of kindness that you and I show, show towards people must begin with a, with a heart of compassion towards them. Jesus had such a heart of compassion towards his, the people he encountered. Um, so let me ask you, what, what should kindness look like in our life? Well, first, an, an attitude of kindness should be manifested in our speech, the words we use. The way we talk to one another and about one another should reflect this attitude of kindness. Yeah. Colossians 4, 6 tells us, let your speech always be with grace. In other words, we must season all that we say with a, with a generous dose of kindness toward others. You know, in, in Proverbs 31, and I love this verse, we're, we're given the description of a godly woman. And, and one of her characteristics is stated in verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. You know, what a beautiful description that is. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. You know, let, let me ask you today, uh, is that a good description of, uh, of your speech? You know, the law of kindness should be on the tongue of, of each and every one of us uh, who call ourselves followers of Christ. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 12, 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, so whatever's in your heart is going to overflow into what we say. If our hearts are full of kindness, uh, it'll flow out in a way, we, in the way we talk to people, and the way we talk about people. However, it's not just enough to, to talk the talk. We, we have to be able to, to walk the walk as well. And, and what I mean by that, you know, it's, it's easier to, to, to say to someone, we're praying for you, but it's another thing to actually earnestly pray for that person. Uh, it's one thing to say, uh, we're here for you, but it's another thing to actually be there in their time of need. Um, James addresses this, uh, that very statement in James uh, chapter 2, beginning with verse 15. If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily bread, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them any, give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? You know that's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? Uh, if we're gonna 
be people with an attitude of kindness. We've got to be willing to and ready to meet the needs that that God leads our leads us to, that brings that He brings our way. You know, an attitude of kindness is always manifested in what we actually do for the other person. You know, perhaps the greatest teaching uh, on on the subject of kindness is Jesus' story uh, of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. You know, Jesus Jesus told this story in response to a a question. Uh, uh, The question was, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And the story begins with a man, and he's He's gotten mugged. Uh, on, he's on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho, and, and he gets jumped and beaten, beaten so badly that he's left half dead uh, in a ditch beside the road. Um, and in the story, three people, three people encounter this man in a state of need, and one was a Samaritan. Um, the other two were were quote religious people a priest and a Levite. And those, who, those two were representatives of God, heavily involved in religious work. When the priest and the Levite encountered this, this man that had been beaten, they both avoided the problem. You know, the Bible says they crossed over to the other side of the road where they wouldn't, eat, where they wouldn't have to uh, be bothered. You know, we could speculate on on what their reasons or excuses may have been for not helping this this man, but but Jesus, uh, he didn't address that. He just simply said that they they didn't stop to help. In contrast, when the when the Samaritan saw this man, he gave he gave tangible uh, help to him. Luke ten thirty three says, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. You know, compassion was the, was the motivator behind the Samaritan's uh, act of kindness. You know, the kind, that kind of, of compassion was absent in the priest and the Levite. Now think about this. God looks on the, upon the attitude of our heart. He's looking for people who will show his mercy and his loving kindness toward others rather than just people who perform religious acts. Now, don't, don't miss the, the meaning of that. Um, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, it's not about performing religious acts. It's about sharing Jesus. It's about sharing his compassion, his love, uh, his concern. Um, and it's, it's about meeting the needs of the people. Um, you know, this, this attitude of kindness that we're talking about is not just a feeling. It's, it's an action. It's expressed in what we actually do for the other person. And here's what the Samaritan did for the man in need. Uh, in Luke 10, beginning with verse 33, but a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And, and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to the inn to take care of him. 
On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I return, I'll repay you. You know, the Samaritan immediately ministered aid. In other words, he allowed himself to be inconvenienced. I'm sure he had a destination when he began that day. He had a plan. He had an agenda. He had somewhere he needed to be, something he needed to be doing. But because of his compassion, he, he stopped and, and helped this man. He allowed himself to be inconvenienced. Um, and the Bible says here that he put the man on his own beast. In other words, he, he put him on his own donkey. That meant that the Samaritan had to walk the rest of the way to where he was going. Um, you know, more often than not, when we walk out an attitude of kindness, we're going to be inconvenienced. Uh, if we only help people when it's convenient, we'll always tend to respond like the priest and the Levite did. The Samaritan operated from an attitude of kindness and met this man's need. Now keep this in mind. Godly kindness, the, the quality of kindness, uh, our attitude of kindness is to be expressed towards others regardless of how they're treating us. Sometimes we miss that one, don't we, Brother Dallas? We, you know, Jesus addressed this in, in Luke chapter 6. He said, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is it for you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You'll be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful evil men. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. You know, a con artist can be kind if he thinks he's going to get something in return. Um, but an attitude of kindness is giving without expecting uh, to receive anything back. Now think about this for a moment. I, I hope this kind of draws this point in. Even when, even when he doesn't get so much as a thank you. God continues to be kind. Uh, and I believe that's what he expects from us. You know, God has blessed each of us in here so much. Uh, and I know we all have our, our, our problems, our situations, our, our issues. Uh, but God, God is kind to you. If you, if you, we're able to get up and take a breath. God has been kind to you. Um, you know, what, what, what is it that, that undermines or keeps us from, from developing an attitude of kindness? Well, certainly uh, two things are, are, are selfishness and bitterness. Uh, the priest and the Levite were, 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 were pursuing their own agenda and wouldn't let that be disturbed. 
the truth is, and I, and I really want you to get this, is that if, if we really are to manifest an attitude of kindness, you and I must be interruptible. We must be interruptible. We must be willing to, to be interrupted even in the midst of our busyness. Um, you know, Jesus was, was continually being interrupted. Many of, his, many of his miracles were done while he was on the way to do something else. Uh, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus stopped what he was doing uh, to, go on a, to go heal Jairus' daughter. And along the way, when the, when the woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched his garment, he stopped and he ministered to her. Uh, in Luke chapter 18, surrounded by, by crowds of people, uh, Jesus stops what, he's, he stops what he's doing. He pauses his journey to heal blind Bartimaeus. When Jesus was traveling uh, to preach and teach in another village, he allowed himself to be interrupted uh, on the road by a, by, a, by a lowly leper. And this leper ran up to Jesus, kneeled on the ground, and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. And we know that Jesus replied, I am willing. And the Bible says he reached out and touched the leper, and he was healed. You know, time and time again through the Gospels, we see Jesus being interrupted. Yet he always took the time to minister to the needs of the people. Jesus was always willing to let himself be interrupted by someone in need. And that should be us. An attitude of kindness demands that we be willing to do the same. So let me ask you this morning, are you, are you interruptible? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Uh, and again, an, an attitude of kindness uh, demands that. It demands that we be willing to set aside our own plans and our own agenda in order to meet the needs of others. Um, you know, Jesus wasn't controlled by what others demanded of him. He was led by what the Father wanted done for those around him. <clears throat> he said in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And really, that should, that should be our mantra as well, uh, to seek to do the will of the Father. And his will for us, uh, among many other things, is to love them, serve them, speak kindly to them. You know, we don't become slaves to what people expect us to do for them, but as servants of God, we do whatever God tells us to do. And he will lead, he will lead you to that need. He will bring that need to your doorstep. Uh, and, and through a heart of compassion, we, we meet that need as best we can. Um, you know, we can't, we can't excuse ourselves from that. We respond in compassion and love towards others, always seeking their highest good. And that, that's what an attitude of kindness looks like. You know, there's two other things that, 
that hinder an attitude of kindness, and it's, it's, it's bitterness and unforgiveness. You know, when, when we harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts, there's no room for mercy and kindness. You know, they can steal kindness right out of your heart. How many of you have, have lived long enough to know that, that other people are not always going to treat you kindly? Um, you know, in, in Genesis 37, Joseph's brothers didn't treat him kindly. In fact, they threw him in a pit and, and sold him to a bunch of Ishmaelites. Uh, Potiphar's wife didn't treat Joseph with kindness. She lied about him and had him thrown into prison. You know, if we live very long, uh, we'll all be treated unjustly by somebody. But your destiny, your destiny depends on how you respond to that injustice. You know, if, if we allow an offense uh, to fester, instead of putting it in God's hands and forgiving the person, a root of bitterness will spring up in our heart. And that root of bitterness will, will harden you. And it'll, it'll be expressed in your, in your conversations and actions towards others. You know, so, so, so what do we do? How do we avoid that? Uh, you know, Paul, uh, Paul writes in Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 32, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now listen to this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has forgiven you. You know, you, you can't be a, a bitter person and, a, and an unforgiving, unforgiving person and have an attitude of kindness at the same time. Bitterness and, and unforgiveness will not just uh, affect your relationship with the people, with the person that did you wrong, but it's going to affect your relationship and your conversations with everybody around you. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to end up a bitter person <laughs> uh, because you can't hide that attitude. It'll come out in a, in a thousand different ways. You know, our goal should be to, to not be a bitter person, uh, not to allow the disappointments and, and injustices of life uh, create a hard shell around our heart. You know, we need to take Paul's advice in, 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 in Ephesians 4.32 and try to live, out, uh, live this out uh, and be a person who is kind to others, tenderhearted and forgiving. You know, I want to I want to close today with a uh, I want to share a passage with you from the book of Matthew. It's in Matthew chapter twenty, um, and I think it highlights kind of what I've uh, what an attitude of kindness looks like, but not just an attitude attitude of kindness, but also an attitude of love and an attitude of service. All three of the of the foundations of our, of our uh, uh, philosophy of ministry. Um, and I'm going to begin reading from uh, 
uh, Matthew chapter 20, beginning with verse 29. It may be a familiar story to you. Um, but I want you to try to picture this scene in your mind. Just take a moment and, and see if you can put yourself in the crowd here. It says, as they were leaving Jericho, now this, this was preceded by Jesus' being determined and telling the disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem. You know, this is it. Uh, so as they're leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was, was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly told them to be quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them, and he said, what do you want me to do for you? There's a lot of irony in that, isn't there? There's two blind men, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him and followed him. You know, I want you to think about this passage. And, um, you know, although Jesus was on his way, uh, on his journey to Jerusalem, knowing full well, knowing full well what, was, what lay ahead of him, the beatings, the, the scourging, the, the humiliation, the, the crown of thorns, uh, and ultimately crucifixion on a, on a hill called, called Golgotha. With all this swirling in his mind, Jesus allowed himself to be interrupted. He heard the cries of someone in need and, and stopped his journey. Why? Because his heart of love compelled him to do that. He spoke kind words to them. And with the gentle touch of his hand, he, he served them. He met their need. He brought light and sight into their world of darkness. And the Bible says that they followed him. You know, in a moment, we're going to stand and, and say our mission statement, as we, as we always do. And, and as we do, I want you to remember our philosophy of ministry. And this philosophy of ministry comes from Jesus. It's, come, it's, it's doing what Jesus did. It's loving people. Uh, it's serving people. And it's speaking kindly to people. Um, so as we say this, remember our our philosophy of, of ministry, our attitude of ministry, and clothe yourselves in these things uh, every day. Um, you know, like Jesus, we uh, may we love them. Like Jesus, may we serve them. And like Jesus, may we speak kindly to them. 
And may we bring truth and light, the truth and light of Christ to them and let them see Jesus in us. Amen.